Thank you. Okay. So I've got two passages of Scripture to read this morning, both from Luke. Um, The first one is from Luke 18. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for our humility. Father, I thank you for just accepting things the way you say they are. Father, I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice right now, whether it's here, whether it's online, and and for myself too, that, Father, we'd be accurate in hearing from you. Father, that our hearts will be open to you, to your word. And, Father, I just ask in in Jesus' name that I present this accurately as you've said to me. Thank you, Father. Amen. Morena. Okay, this is Luke chapter 18, starting from verse 18. Once a religious leader asked Jesus this question, Good teacher, what should I do to get eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? Only God is truly good. But as for your question, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not testify falsely. Honour your father and your mother. The man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was a child. Excuse me. Jesus said, there is one thing you lack. Sell all you have and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and then come follow me. But when the man heard this, he became sad because he was very rich. Jesus watched him go and then said to his disciples, how hard it is for rich people to get into the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard him say this said, Who then can in the whole world can be saved? Jesus replied, What is impossible from a human perspective is possible with God. And the second piece of scripture I want to read is um, from, just flick down a few verses into the beginning of chapter 19. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was one of the most influential Jews in the Roman tax collecting business. And he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree beside the road so that he could catch a glimpse of Jesus. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down, for I must be a guest in your house today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house with great excitement and joy. But the crowds were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood there. He said to the Lord, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord, and if I have overcharged people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. 
Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a son of Abraham. And I, the son of man, have come to seek and save those like him who were lost. Two interesting men, two contrasting men. The first one, and and they've got things in common, and they've got great dissimilar things about them. The things they had in common was they were both Jews, They were both wealthy. They were both relatively young. You think about it, it calls the guy the young ruler. And then Zacchaeus, it said he ran ahead of the crowd and climbed a tree. How many 80-year-olds have you seen running around climbing trees? You know, so he must be relatively young. Okay, so they've got those things in common. But there's things that are very different about these two men. The first man, the rich young ruler, was a Jewish leader. You could imagine, my imagination says that he, w- he was probably trained under a higher authority of Jewish leader. He was trained in the law. He was trained in a legalistic way. He was trained to obey laws in order to get ahead or be acceptable by God, to God. The second man, Zacchaeus, was the opposite. He was a rogue. He delighted in um, taking advantage when he could. He was hated probably by the Romans. You remember at the time Israel was under occupation of an enemy force at this time. They weren't ruling themselves, they were ruled by Rome. And he, he had come in as a Jew, betrayed his country, betrayed his fellow countrymen, and got into business with the Romans, collecting taxes off his own people, overcharging them, charging them four or five times what they had to pay. So, you know, a, a rat bag here, a rat bag. And I just wanted to go through and look at these two men um, just briefly from these stories. The first thing you see about the rich young ruler in Luke 18 is, um, interestingly enough, this scripture is represented three times, this story. Matthew talks about him, Mark talks about him, and Luke does. In Mark's gospel, it says he actually ran up to Jesus and dropped on his knees in front of Jesus and says, what must I do to receive eternal life? What, what, hear that? What must I do? You know, he's focused on that self-righteous sort of attitude. He bowls up to Jesus. And, and good teacher. And Jesus deflects that glory back onto his Father straight away. We need to be like that. Like Paul was getting us up to praise the Lord. We're too quick with our own human pride. You know, we need to humble ourselves and, and honour the Lord for what he did. Jesus' response is interesting. He doesn't slap him around the ear roll and say, stop being legalistic. He flows with that and gives him some commandments. How many commandments were there from Moses' time? How many commandments? Ten. Jesus only represented five. And interestingly enough, they were about relationships, about how your life affects other people. And uh, Jesus never does random Jesus never does random. The way he deals with our lives is he goes for our heart. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And he loves us that much that he is very subtle but very direct in the way he speaks to us. The word of God in Hebrews 4.12, it says the word of God is sharper than the sharpest knife. It goes straight into us and divides between your soul and your spirit and discerns the thoughts and intentions of your heart. And this is what's happening here. 
Jesus responds to this man with commandments. That, and the, what does the man say? He says, hey, Jesus, I've kept all these since I was a little child. And Jesus could have said to him, yeah, right. You know, give me a break. You know, what about the time you did? But he didn't. He didn't say that at all. And here's the word of God coming out from Jesus. He went directly, I believe, to this man's issue. And he said, give everything you have to the poor and you will have life beyond what you know and come follow me. Who did he say come follow me to? Disciples. You know, he was, he was reaching out to this man in, in a way that the man just didn't catch, didn't catch at all. And that statement that he made about giving his wealth away cut this man to his very soul. That was the word of God cutting right into him. And we need to learn to receive that, those words when they come. Sometimes they cut us. We need to receive them in a humble way and not discount them straight away. We need to think on them. Think on them. I think the disciples' reaction to Jesus' statement about how hard it is for the rich to come into the kingdom of heaven was interesting. Once a week for a chill out, I like to go kayaking. And 90% of the time it's within the Bay of Islands. A um, couple of weeks ago, I went up the Waikari Inlet. And to launch from there, I've got to go off the Opua boat ramp, which is around behind the car ferry. And you paddle, my little tin pot kayak, I paddle out through the marina. And there's like these 60 foot launches and, you know, that huge big thing. I just paddle past it and I think, whoa, you know, these guys must be loaded. And we sort of have this attitude, you know, you sort of think, oh, you know, what would happen if I just, you know, pulled a bung? I don't know if you've got it, pulled the bung out, watched the boat, you know, paddle past. And, you know, I know that's a, that's a bad attitude. And, and there's places that I paddle that people don't see in the Bay of Islands and you go past these huge mansions. These huge places that nobody ever sees. You can only see them from the water. And there's, there's one place, um, launch off Long Bay behind Russell, there's a place there that's got six chimneys. This huge, and you can see tennis courts and all this sort of thing. But the attitude of these disciples was, they said, if the rich can't be saved, who can be? So the attitude, of their, they, the attitude they had at the time was that if a man is Jewish, and he's rich, God must have blessed him. And then Jesus turned that whole thing on the head and said, how can a rich man, it's super hard for a rich man to come into the kingdom of God. And, and that just freaked them out. And that Jesus was speaking to the man and his disciples at the same time. Cool. Zacchaeus. You know, I, I got empathy for this guy. I, I think that you know, he was a down-and-out sort of guy. People hated him. He was super wealthy. He probably must have been super lonely. It says that uh, he was too short to see Jesus through the crowd, but you know what would have been happening? He would have been at the back, and they would have been, Albert, get out of here. But, you know, what are you doing here? Get out of here. They wouldn't let him in. And he goes and climbs up this tree. He had no reputation, reputation to worry about anyway, so who cared? You know, he climbed up this tree. <laughs> And then Jesus comes past and walks right under the tree and looks up and says, Zacchaeus, man, that would have flipped me up. Jesus knows my name. 
He knows my name. Remember, Jesus had a tax collector with him, so, you know, Matthew might have clued him up a bit. I don't know. You know, Jesus knows your name. The Lord knows your name. It's a real personal thing. It's a personal thing. The people grumbled against Jesus. He's gone to be with a, a, a sinner, a lowlife, a scum. Doesn't he know what he's like? Jesus didn't care about that. He didn't measure a man like that. He saw the man's heart. What was Zacchaeus' reaction? It says that he welcomed Jesus into his home with great excitement and joy. Great excitement and joy. In um, Mark's account, it says, at that point, as Jesus came into his house, Zacchaeus stopped. He stopped. Just the grace of Jesus accepting him just for who he was convicted this man straight away. Convicted him of the grace and acceptance of Jesus. Everybody else rejected him, but Jesus accepted him unconditionally as he was. And this man was convicted. And he says to Jesus, hey, I'm going to give away half of my wealth to the poor. And if I've ripped anybody off, I'm going to pay them back four times. What was Jesus' response? Hey, Zach, give it all up, bro. You know, half? What are you talking about? If Jesus had been wanting to peddle a poverty doctrine, which is what the scripture is used about sometimes, he would have shook Zacchaeus upside down and got all his coin out of him. Give it all to the poor. But no, he didn't. He saw the man's heart. His heart was repentant. That's what Jesus saw. Jesus has said that Zacchaeus's change of heart had brought salvation to just Zacchaeus? No, his whole house. His whole house. Everybody loved and cared about. This is my summary. Jesus extended his grace to both men. Both men. Neither men's past was a hindrance to Jesus. We judge people on what they've done. We judge ourselves on what we've done in the past. Not Jesus. Not you. You've got to see that. The religious man, the legalistic man, the man who was just ripping off everybody, their past meant nothing to him. It was how their heart reacted to him right now. To the first man, Jesus' words did not line up with his mindset. The religious man had a mindset about how you accepted God, how you pleased God, you kept laws, you did that, you didn't do this, you did that, don't touch that. Jesus came along and just accepted him, loved him in a sense, because in Mark's Part of the gospel, it said he looked at this man and loved him with a genuine love. The scripture actually said that, a genuine love. But he couldn't get past that legalism. Zacchaeus just received the gift of grace and acceptance that Jesus had. He just accepted it as a gift. And Jesus said, salvation has come to your house. If salvation depended on a person's own efforts, 
it would be impossible for anybody. Receiving the gift of Christ makes what, from a human perspective, is impossible, possible. You think about friends and family that you're praying for. You think about children that you're praying for, and their situations look impossible. Not with the Lord, it's not. It is possible. It is possible. Awesome. So I just want to pray now, if everybody's in an attitude of prayer. Father, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for the story of these two men. That is real. That is true. That really happened. Father, I thank you for that. And Holy Spirit, I just thank you moving on us right now. In the name of Jesus.